When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. going on everybody this is catfish on ice a brand new episode coming at you right now a couple days before thanksgiving this is your host chad minton i got a very special guest co-host with me tonight it is my good friend max greenberg who writes with me on predlines.com really great guy really great friend of the show and i'm really excited to have him co-hosting with me tonight on episode 209 of catfish on ice how you doing max I'm doing great. I'm glad to be back on an episode. It's been a long time since I've been on one of these. I think it's been literally over a year, which is a long time for me. Well, these episodes fly by, man. Like they do. It, it's Absolutely. just it's all a blur. Like I literally had to double check every time I'm putting a new episode out to make sure I'm on the right number because these episodes fly by. But wow, do we have a great episode in store for you tonight? Because arguably, in recent memory, at least, let's not be have the recency bias going here. But probably one of the more exciting regular season wins in recent memory Crazy. for the National Predators as they come back, storm back in the last 60 seconds to take down the mighty Colorado Avalanche. It my heart was beating so crazy. We're gonna give our initial takeaways to open up episode two and nine about about that game as the Predators now have back-to-back wins over division opponents. So if there's one way to neutralize that nasty losing streak and that really bad road road uh, road trip, it's to beat division opponents. Absolutely. We've got two of them now, Max. No, especially when a team like the team is one of the best in the league and just won the cup not even two years ago. That's a huge win and huge for team confidence and morale for a team that's so young like the Predators are. Definitely, man. And, you know, watching that game, I don't think the Avalanche necessarily played that bad of a game. I just think that, for one, the Predators played an extremely disciplined game, especially on the defensive end of the of the game. They, they did not give the Avalanche a lot of really good high-danger chances on Soros, which is so incredibly important right now while Soros tries to break out of his rut. So that's the first thing I saw. They had, they held the Avalanche to under three goals expected, according to Money Puck, which is just – that is not an easy accomplishment. Let me all. just put that into perspective. You keep a team with Nathan McKinnon, Miko Rantanen, Kale McCarr, among all the other great role players that they have on that team. You keep that team to under three expected goals. That right there deserves a lot of credit to the Predators and also as bad as the penalty kill has been – they came up big on some on penalty kills in that game. So those are the two biggest difference makers for me in that game, other than the obvious of scoring the two goals in 16 seconds apart. No, I mean, you know, well, your point about the discipline, you know, I, I think the only thing I can say is, you know, they, they took a lot of penalties, and I think so did the Avalanche in that game. They were in the penalty box a lot, but, you know, they, you know, they, they killed them off all except for that one. The biggest thing I saw is they just battled. They battled the whole time, and – you could just see it the whole game in the third period. There was just no quit whatsoever. And then, you know, I don't think anyone expected the game to end like it did there, but they got rewarded for their efforts, and that was huge to see. 
Definitely, for sure. We got some prints coming in. Mike Twitter says, yo, yo, Chad and Max, what a great win to follow up with the show. Definitely. Wish we could have gone live last night. That would have been really yeah. amazing. Our friend Nikki jumps on and says, nice to see Max on. So, yes, Max Greenberg is coming on as a guest co-host tonight because this is a really hectic week. I literally just left my night job to come here and, fill, and record this podcast. And Max was so kind enough on very short notice to fill in as guest co-host on this uh, Thanksgiving week. I'm Rich happy Howe, to. I, lo I love Rich, these podcasts. Yes. Rich Howe will be back as a co-host next week when we can get more into our normal schedules. But very happy to have Max jumping on here. He's got a ton of knowledge. Also has a ton of Titans knowledge. I really want to pick his oh, brain <laughs> on what's, what, what is going on with the two-tone blue. But we will pick that for another time yeah. because uh, we are a Predators podcast, even though yeah. a lot of our listeners are definitely Titans fans as well. But oh, yeah. um, I don't even want to dig into that right now, man. Let's, let's focus on the positive here, and that's the, yeah, the Predators that, have won two games in a row. Oh, yeah. Let's not talk about the Titans right now. It's bad. As we roll through this episode, we got some some uh, some underlying topics to cover here. Uh, the game within the game, if you will. So, of course, the big one going into the game was, oh, I mean, I actually think Predators fans held it held it together pretty well with their emotions, all things considered. Because we know how this team, how this fan base reacts when certain players are benched, especially when it comes to the youth. Fans don't like it when you mess with the youth and. Out of nowhere, uh, Luke Evangelista was benched as a healthy scratch. I thought Andrew Burnett gave a very honest and candid he answer. Did. Why? He did. And I, I think as long as everyone understands that he knows what he's doing, or at least we have to trust that he knows what he's doing right now. And he basically said, "Look, Evangelista is not playing up to his high potential." And sometimes these young players need to have a reset and you don't want that player's confidence to slide more and more, especially this early in the season. And then before you know it, they're buried and they never get back that confidence. So I thought it was a great answer from the head coach. What do you, what do you, we're going to unpack a little bit more, but just initial thoughts real quick on um, Evangelista being benched for this game. You know, first of all, I want to comment that you're right. The, the fan base, at least on Twitter, relatively speaking, did hold it together. I was expecting like a massive outcry. <laughs> I literally tweeted yeah. saying, oh boy, Pred Twitter is going to take this well. But surprisingly, you know, most of the people on Twitter were, and well, I, I don't know about Facebook. I'm not even on Facebook. Yeah, I, I was about to ask you, Max. Did you check on Pred's Facebook? I don't go on Facebook. I'm not a Facebook user at all. I, I haven't, I don't check Facebook for any of those stuff. I it, just hear how might, bad it is. I don't ever go might, on the I Facebook. I mean, it might be on, it might still be on fire as we speak right now on Pred's Facebook. I don't know if they ever doused the flames from last year, to be quite honest. But yeah, we didn't check yeah. Facebook. We didn't check Facebook. But you yeah, know, no, we, are, we are streaming live on Facebook as well right now. So we still love you for all of our Facebook viewers as well. Don't, don't get us wrong. We love you. <laughs> Yeah, but, you know, in all seriousness, regarding the whole Evangelista thing, you know, it's one of those things where, you know, context matters. And it's it's been proven repeatedly that Andrew Brunette is really, you know, taking this trial and error thing to heart. And he's, you know, he's scratched other players. He scratched Tomasino a bunch of games. I'm sure we'll talk about that. He scratched Liam Foody a game. He scratched um, Yusuf Harson in a game. You know, he, he's still uh -huh. in the stage where he's really still trying to figure out his team, man, you know. And this is not like John Hines last year where he was scratching dude after dude after game, every game where it felt like almost where he was replacing them with these super physical bruising guys who really didn't 
seemed like they had a ton of skill and that it's it just got redundant with his you know um you know dumping physical style and you know mm-hmm. and you can just see how different it is under brunette and you know as far as you know long-term implications i really wouldn't worry about it i i do expect evangelista to be back in the lineup tomorrow night you know i guess we don't know that for sure but you know i i do think he'll get back in there soon enough you know it didn't at least from brunette on you know, what he said and he like you chad said it was a very you know honest answer about what he basically saying you know he's not living up to his expectation right now just take a night off and you know i i think he'll be back in there but you know and let me let me just say another thing right now it is not like brunette does not have to make some tough decisions with the lineup because there are so many guys on this team who you could who you would justify putting in this lineup but there's just not enough spots especially at the four position so He's going to have to make some decisions from, decisions from game to game that, you know, the fans are not necessarily going to like. But, you know, this is the time to do it because he still has a team he's figuring it, he's figuring out. You know, you know, it's very everyone knows at this point with the Preds, they're like I said, they're just they're literally in a figure things out trial and error phase. Yep. And, you know, but and he already has to make some tough decisions as it is. Yep. And we saw with how they waved Samuel Fagimo a few weeks ago. I think, yep. you know. That was one of those things where I think, you know, definitely having to narrow down the lineup choices was a factor in that. And but yeah, no, I don't I don't think Evangelista is going to be out long term or anything like that. I just think it's it's one of those things where Brunette's just trying to figure out what works. And but, you know, he's you, all, well, he's and he's also holding these young these young kids accountable. And you have to do that. I'll call it absolutely. tough love. Maybe we can call it tough love here. Um, you, you don't want to coddle these young players either. You definitely don't want to coddle a player as talented as Luke Evangelista. No. If, if anything, I think this is a badge of honor for Luke Evangelista because I think Andrew Burnett realizes how special of a talent Luke Evangelista is. And he is literally in his – he's still technically a rookie right now. So you don't yes. want to – it's a long grind. It's a long season. And, I mean and, – and, Tomasino fits into the same equation, even though he's been in it a lot longer, but still, he's still a young player as well. You're going up constantly against great superstars night in and night out. Unless There's very few teams you're going to play in this league where they don't have at least one superstar, if not multiple, that you're going to have to go up against. And that can grind you out. And so yes. I think I actually think this is a great thing. We'll, we'll unpack it a little bit more because I want to actually – discuss more about the lineup as a whole, not just Evangelista, but also Tomasino, Liam Foody, all of these things, because like you just touched on there, Max, Andrew Burnett's got a lot to sort out, yes. and it's not easy. It's not easy at all. So we'll, another, we'll talk about, about it more. Another thing I wanted to mention about Evangelista, and then we'll move on to the lineup stuff, is, you know, he started out well last year. He came in, he outperformed expectations, but people got to realize that, you know, that's not how it's going to be at the very beginning constantly because the dude is i believe 21 years old he's he's very young like you said chad he's still technically a rookie there are going to be bumps along the road it's not like just because he started out pretty well last year that it's just going to be perfect the whole rest of the way through like he's going to have his struggles as a young player that he is he hasn't even he's not even played a full i don't even if you really count him i don't even think he's played six months in the nhl yeah We'll talk about it more here. We also are going to have to discuss another injury uh, blow for the oh, Predators. Uh, fortunately, Cody Glass back on IR after he just got back a few games And you ago. knew when you saw me yesterday something was uh, wrong, the way he was grabbing at that shoulder. And he just he just notched his first point of the season. So this, this is something that no one would have had on their Preds bingo card going into the season. But Cody Glass was actually 
the last regular forward in this lineup to register a point. Yeah, that's crazy. I mean, he's hard, I, he's and, hardly and played. I mean, he's been he's out. hardly played, but yeah. he, he he was like I think he was eight or nine games in before he finally got that first point. All I'm saying is I'm not trying to bash the guy, but he was finally starting to look really good last night against Colorado. I thought he played well. He was engaged. I liked how he uh, – I can't remember the player he was uh, kind of getting a little – I thought he was going to drop the gloves with this ass player. Who was that? Was it Johnson? I don't remember, been, honestly. It, been it was – but you remember what I'm talking about. I hope, I don't know if that's where he – I honestly don't. I must admit. Sustain the energy. But you know the sequence I'm talking about, right? No, I actually I actually don't remember the sequence. It I was. thought he was going to drop the gloves with this. Uh, maybe someone can jump in the comments uh, and remind me. But uh, – but he was he was getting feisty out there. He was, and he's not a fighter. No, at not at all. I don't know if that's where he sustained the injury or when it happened. But I'm just no. Saying, I don't like, think it was there. Like it was. In the it was a very. He was just. It was he, like he was went right back to the bench, like clutching his shoulder, and just went right back to the locker room. Like you just had. A, you had a. You just had a terrible feeling right then and there that something was wrong. And sure enough, it was a very very physical game. You know that's going to happen when you play the Avalanche. Yep. The Avalanche do not take. They, they they take no prisoners. They just go at you. They come at you hard. They're always on top of you, and I I don't think the Avalanche necessarily played a bad game. I just think the Predators played at the top of their potential, and, and that's you know, it's what one you of those things. It's one of those things where you know this is always kind of a weird thing to say because it's like you know both teams wanted, but it seemed like one of those games where maybe the Preds just wanted it a little more. It's possible. I mean, it is. There are times when teams like the Avalanche can maybe overlook their opponent. I do think the Avalanche had an an awful third period. I will say that. Not yeah, they the didn't entire do much third, of anything. They, they definitely put it in cruise control yeah. in that last five minutes or so of the third period, whereas the Predators came out as a desperate team, as they should be. Yep. And, you know, you see that final 60 seconds and how that last goal is scored to actually get the win. Um you saw uh, Kale McCarr have an uncharacteristic giveaway in his own zone, blew a tire, completely fell out. And, you know, that was just that relentless forecheck and that desperation that the Predators were playing with. And Yakov Trenin gets that goal. And we know Yakov Trenin does that. Yep. That's how Yakov Trenin is. He is the type of player that's just constantly in your grill. He's just always on top of you. He's like just that annoying pest that you can't swat away. And that's just how the Predators won, went out and won this game is they were the desperate team. They were playing like their season was on the on the line. That early in the season, they were playing like their season was going to be over if they lost that absolutely. game. Yeah, they absolutely did. And speaking of that final goal, I'm kind of going a little off topic here, but not really. Did you see the – do you see the Avalanche play-by-play -play announcer today talking about that, like – did you did you you know what I'm talking about? I went back. I did go back and listen to the. I always love that listening to so this. Like, I love listening to the other team call a, a sequence like that because it's just always interesting to me how how they see it compared to the home broadcast. And uh, I mean, yeah, he was. What what, what are you referencing though? Because all I got from it was that he was just extremely frustrated. And he was just. I mean, like, it, it was just bitter. He literally. He literally blamed the loss on like he said he said Nashville deserved the tie, but on that goal, he literally said he literally blamed it's not like he blamed the glass in the building for the loss, which yeah, it took a weird bounce, but that happens all the time with the puck on the glass. That's just how it's built. And I literally remember a few years ago, 
it was that whatever I'm sure all Preds fans remember this. It was um the 2017 playoff and the first oh, one yeah. against the Blackhawks. That yeah. game three, the Preds were on the power play. Blackhawks take a, a clear to um kill time on the penalty kill. And that puck literally took the craziest bounce off the glass. Nearly, if Pekka Rene didn't get, if he missed an inch on that puck, that would have gone dead center. And that literally would have broke his shutout streak in the playoffs because mm, he never remember that. the first two games. Memory like, lane. That, and the point is that happens all the time in, in, the, in hockey. And the way the that announcer was talking is just, he literally sounded like a petulant child. And it's to the point where, like, you literally couldn't believe this guy was an actual TV announcer. Like, this is how you're going to represent yourself. It it was literally as, like, I'm, of course, every, you know, home, regional, network, whatever, is going to be fairly biased towards their team. And, you know, we, um, you and I are definitely guilty of being biased towards our teams. But, like, that was just another level of, like, wow. Yeah. Like, how does, like, I you you would watch that and think, like, wow, how does this guy have a job announcing on television when he can be that just unreasonably bitter <laughs> yeah i mean it happens you, you hear from all a lot of the broadcasts when you listen to the other side it can, it can be that way especially there's certain broadcasts that are definitely really hard to listen to but, it made um, jack edwards look reasonable <laughs> yeah just looking at the overall stats here some of the analytics money puck rated this as a 50 50 toss-up in, in the deserve to win o-meter which basically they do over a thousand simulations. 50-50 toss-up is how they rated this game. The Predators actually, this would have been another um really tough loss for the Predators to take in a game where they felt like they did everything right. And that's what it seemed like heading into the final 60 seconds. Yeah. It felt yeah, like no. the Predators, it really felt like the Predators were going to take another one of those losses where all you're going to hear in the press conference is we did a lot of good things. We just didn't get the result we wanted, and like we're so sick of hearing that. But right. that's what—that's literally what we we're heading towards. And you look at the expected goals in all situations: the Predators three point seven six, the Avalanche were two point two four. So I mean, analytically speaking, the Predators really deserve to win this game in yeah. that in that regard. Um, going back to Soros, we talked about it in episode two hundred eight how how worried I am about how he's been playing recently and how he's not seeing the puck well. He doesn't look like his normal self. And they did finally turn to Lankanen. And Lankanen turned in a really great performance against the Blackhawks to get yep. the losing streak over with. I was not against starting Lankanen again. I know I'm crazy, but I was not against starting him two in a row. I really wasn't. But they went back to Soros. Totally understandable. He's the franchise goalie. I get it. And I might be, I might be a little bit in the minority here but I don't think it was particularly a strong game for Soros. Yes, he made some good saves. He was he he especially in the beginning of the game, I thought he made some good saves and fought some pucks off. Um, but he still finished in the negative in expected goals or uh, uh, saves above expected. He finished below in the negative again. Uh, so he let by at least one goal he definitely should have had. So I don't think this is yeah, it's great that he got the win. He ended his uh, five-game losing streak which he had never suffered in his career, so that's great. I'm not trying to be negative here, but I'm still – my concerns about how Saros is seeing the buck right now remains true right now. I don't think it was particularly that strong of a game for him. And I also don't think it was a terrible game for him by any means either. I don't think I don't think he let in any goals that were like, um, oh, like unbelievable how you missed that. But, you know, he still gave up three goals. And let me also, you know, say I'm – at least for now, I'm really not that worried about Saros because – 
him starting off the year slow is nothing new. He always does this. But at the same time, you can look at him and be like, if is he ever going to be like the best of the best if he can't be consistent? Like, of course, it's hard to be consistent across an 82-game schedule. But when you're seeing this trend play out year after year after year, you have to ask yourself, is there some – I mean, it's obviously you're better – you rather start, you know, bad than finish bad. It's always it's about not about how you start, it's about how you finish. But it's a little bit of a worrisome trend. Although I will say, you know, as far as later in the year, I I definitely expect Soros to, you know, get it back together. For sure. Um, yeah, I mean, look, I think Soros is going to have to figure out how to be a more consistent player, just like you said, if he's ever going to be considered that top tier goalie that many people think he is. I mean, he got plenty of predictions around all the NHL experts around the league of winning his first Vesna Trophy this year. Yep. Could he still rally and do that? Yes, but he's got a lot of ground to make up because his Absolutely. his analytics are in the tank right now, and he is actually not the catalyst for why the Predators are winning lately. No. It's just it's just a fact. No, um, it's not at all. And if if he can become the catalyst behind the Predators winning again. Uh, to go along with an offense that's evolving and getting better and better, a power play that's getting better and better, then watch out. Suddenly yeah. the Predators can actually become a playoff quality team if they can get both of those things clicking at, at the same time. Because for all these years, even going back to Pecorine, this team would just rely night in and night out on, on getting bailed out by a gem of a game from their goalie. They're not getting that this year. And if that can return to this team, if Soros can return to that form and have those nights along with an offense that can produce goals and score two goals in 16 seconds like they did last night, right. this is going to be a really tough team to beat, and they're going to actually reach their full potential maybe even a lot faster than we thought. But Soros has got to become more consistent. He hasn't been there. Yeah, sure. he absolutely has to be in. But, I, but again, I say this conversation is nothing new. So I, I personally will reserve full judgment till about December or January. Fair enough. Um, yeah. Uh, other thing, other things about this game that really stood out to me. Uh, yes, the Preds power play goes over four. I thought that they had a lot of good zone time. They, they just couldn't find a way, and they were going up against one of the penalty, best penalty kills in the league. I mean. Watching the avalanche on the penalty kill is literally like a well-oiled, fine-tuned All machine. over the place. I mean, we, in a world of AI, all you hear now is AI is going to take over. AI is going to be the new norm. Um, the penalty kill for the avalanche looks like an AI, a bunch of AI <laughs> robots out there, dude. I mean, I, I, I could, I, all I had to do was tip my cap. I mean, I'm watching the Predators. I'm watching them try to get set up on their power play. I'm watching them. I'm watching them do their slingshot thing they like to do where they like to do the drop pass and zoom into the zone and get set up. And they're doing all these things. And it felt like the avalanche were six on five on a penalty kill. They were down a man and it, it seemed like they had the extra player on the ice killing a penalty. I mean, that's, and I just got to credit the abs. That's, that's, a, that's what championship teams do. So I'm not going to worry too much about the predators, not telling a power play goal. I just thought, Look, the Avalanche have a world-class penalty kill. What can he do? And I'm sure there's still going to be inconsistency with the power play because, again, this is such a new team. And Andrew Brunette is, like I say, I emphasize, going through that trial and error phase with this team. So there are going to be nights where the power play, I mean, as goes with every team, but especially a team like the Preds. But to your point, Chad, yeah, the Avalanche are absolutely swarming out there on the penalty kill. They, yeah, they, the, the Preds could do nothing last night. Yeah. With the man advantage. 
Uh, what did you think about the depth of the team last night? So since Evangelista wasn't in there, um, we know Philip Forsberg. Well, let's talk about Forsberg first. How can we go any further? Crazy year. About Forsberg? All right. So Philip Forsberg is literally – he's playing an elite company right now. I posted on um, X today that uh, – Philip Forsberg is top five. He's fourth in the league right now in shots on goal per 60 minutes. And he is with some elite company. He's with David Pasternak. He's up there with um, uh, Brady Tuchuk's up there. He's uh, William Nylander is in there. So he is up, He is among the best skaters in the league, some of the best forwards in the league in terms of producing offense. Uh, over 13 shots on goal per 60 minutes is where Forsberg's at right now. The dude is on a mission. He is – we talked about it when he when he opened up the first few games and he w- wasn't scoring goals and he w- he was putting up all those shots on goal but he wasn't scoring the actual goals and I kept saying let's be patient it's going to happen it's going to come he's doing the right things he's going to get rewarded and that's a microcosm of this entire team but it's led by Forsberg and the dude is literally you're expecting him to score one or two goals every night right now that's that's how locked in he is yeah, absolutely. And like I was literally going to bring up, you know, everyone was talking about, you know, just given time, these goals are going to come and now they absolutely are. I don't remember his exact stats or game, but, you know, he's the underlying stats show he's one of the biggest offensive threats in the league right now. And, you know, just it's also really good to see after last year, he had to um, bow out early in the season due to concussion. People were kind of wondering, is he kind of is that going to affect him? I believe that was his second, at least his second concussion in his career. But he it doesn't look it doesn't look like it's bothering him at all right now. He's he's been full systems go and he still has the great shot he has and he's just the overall but also his overall playmaking ability. He like I say, he's a true threat out there right now and up there with some of the best in the league. For sure. Forsberg puts up another six shots on goal in this game. Uh let's see. Cody Glass had five shots on goal. That goes back to what I was saying earlier. It's really a shame that he takes another injury. He's back on IR because I I thought it was his best game of the year for sure. Cody Glass, his own personal best game of the year. Um, I really felt like he was engaged and he was getting back into the swing of things. So uh, five shots on goal from Cody yeah. Glass. He, he won a few face-offs as well. Roman Yossi had four shots on goal. Uh, Colton Sissons even got in on the shots on goal. Um, but, yeah, uh, overall a really good a really good night for that. Uh, even You didn't even have to really rely on Ryan O'Reilly. He had an assist, but, you know, O'Reilly was largely – out of the picture in terms of shooting the puck. He did have a really, really, I don't even know if he, I think he got credit for an assist on this goal, but the goal from Jeremy Lazan, where did you see that? So remember the goal from Jeremy Lazan way outside the way outside near the red line. And um, Ryan O'Reilly literally boxed out and built a wall, a shield, over yeah he was he was he was screen he was screening like Georgiev didn't see it at all that was a crafty veteran move that's why you love having a guy like Ryan O'Reilly on your team I mean those are things that you don't see in the box score but I mean what what can you do if you're Georgiev or any goalie in that situation when you got a guy like like that just completely blocking you that that's a that's a team goal right there absolutely and one other player I want to talk about and he didn't get an assist on this, I believe, but he really should on the first goal. The back check of Yuso Parsonen to set up that first goal. And the dude this year has been doing a lot of things so far that don't really show up in this in the stat sheet. 
but he has been a horse so far working all over the ice with the Preds. He's got to be the league leader in drawing penalties. I literally said, I feel like I send a tweet every game saying you so Parson and just drew a penalty, the hard work he does every game. And again, it's a lot of it's not going to show up on the stat sheet, but he has been, he's been lights out from just from the eye test. And honestly, oh, sure. I still, and it's going to be hard. It's going to be hard now with, you know, um, Co- Cody Glass and Tommy Novak being out. Cause that's a, takes a big hit on the center depth, but I really want to really see Parson go back on that top line and play with, Forsberg and O'Reilly because and I was going to talk about this too I'm going to look up on my phone um if you go if you go back to money puck and you're looking at you know the um lines in the league if you look at expected goals percentage and I and again the sample size is small their number that line so far right now having again the last time they played together was four weeks they're number 12 in expected goals percentage and in terms and expected goals four per 60 minutes, they rank number six. I, I, I That's a line I want to see. And Yusuf Nyquist has been playing pretty decently. He's come on lately. But yeah, that that would, I, that line is not doing what the fourth Rogo Riley Parson in line was doing. I want to see that group get another chance. Because I, again, they weren't necessarily getting the goals to show, but a lot of that too was because the puck wasn't going in for Forsberg. I, I, I think if you give that line another chance, they're yeah. going to, they're going to play lights out. But Parsonen's a player so far this year I cannot say enough about. Well, I mean, look, with you just mentioned the center depth. Well, it definitely has taken a hit now with Glass back out and you're, you're out, Tommy Novak. So yep. what are we thinking here? Uh, I guess we're thinking Parsonen at center now, right? Probably second line. O'Reilly obviously up top. Parsonen probably Sissons. center. You got Sissons at center. And then you got McCarron. And then McCarron. Yeah. Which, I mean, or, McCarron's been doing just fine. Or, here's an idea. O'Reilly, top center, obviously. Colton Sisson's number two center. With the way he's been playing this year, I think he can definitely handle that. And then you get McCarron again. And then also, maybe try Liam Foody at center. That's his natural position. Mm. Yeah. Why not try that? Try put Parson in the wing. See how it goes. We could. We could try that. It, yeah. And that that goes right back to what you said to open when we opened the episode about you know Andrew Burnett is up against it right now trying to Absolutely. figure out and, and losing Novak and Glass that is, that really throws a monkey wrench into everything. Absolutely. I mean, no hey, injury is easy to no injury is easy to deal with, but literally your two key players, young core players at the center position, very important yeah. players, are out for for the foreseeable future. Next so, month, I'm sure. It's tough. Yeah, I don't. It, it's going to be really hard for the Predators to overcome this. It's it, you're going to need Forsberg to stay on his hot streak, and you're really going to need to get the scoring from the depth here, and that's going to be tough to do. But we'll, starting to, yeah. it's starting to look like the end of last year, where all the injuries just were piling up because you still got Ryan McDonough out, and you still got Luke Shen. Although it looks like the return, those guys, it looks like they're closer to. They're getting closer. They they are getting closer. That's yeah. going to be huge as well to get those back for for the defense, especially for the penalty kill. I've been saying for a few weeks now with the, without Ryan McDonough, oh, it's, it's really it, it suffers. Yeah, yeah. You, we we need Ryan McDonough back pretty bad. I guess maybe we're going going off on a tangent here, but I I, I honestly kind of forgot Luke Shen was on this team. Like I, I what what well, do you do now? He only played one game, so he played one. He didn't um, play very well in it either. Um, well, 
I think when he's yeah, it was only return, one game, of course. When he when he's healthy and he's ready to return, you definitely have to get him back in the lineup. I mean, you're paying him whatever you're paying him right now, and he is he is going to be a big time deal for your penalty kill. That that's the biggest thing you need Luke Shen for right now is goalie protection and penalty kill. So I'll take him back in a heartbeat. I know, uh, but you're right. I think down the road when that happens. Uh, it's a, Down it's the a road is probably within the next week. I don't know if Luke Shen's that close. Maybe not. It, it seemed like he's he, skate, it seemed like he's, he, he's back on the ice though, so it must be fairly soon. I could see in the next two weeks for sure, and you're right. So down the road's not very far down the road, actually. Um, I, I mean, does Jeremy Lazan come out at that point? I mean, because he's playing pretty well. I don't. Does Alexander Carrier come out? I mean, he's not playing uh, bad. I don't know. It's tough. But see that there, there you go, right there. Um, we're gonna we, we are going on tangents here, folks, but it's okay. We'll we'll just call it the tangent episode. Tangents are yeah. fun. Uh, before we do that, want to tell you about DraftKings and our current offer. We are brought to you by DraftKings with our promo code THPN. Bet the action on the ice with DraftKings Sportsbook. All right, so there were no games tonight to react nope. to, but there are a whole slate of games tomorrow on a Wednesday, the day before Thanksgiving. There's already some really good. Lines out there. Let's look at some of these matchups we got for tomorrow that really interest me. You got the Bruins at the Panthers. That figures to be um, a really oh. close game. And and DraftKings has it as at a virtual toss-up. Big playoff rematch. I got that game circled for sure. Uh, going down the list with some interesting matchups here. Uh, you got Central Division action going on here with the Blues against the Coyotes. I think the Coyotes and the Blues have both Played way better than maybe people thought they were going to play. I, I think, especially the Coyotes. That's another game that DraftKings has as a close toss-up, but they do have the Coyotes as a favorite. Of course, we got the Flames and the Predators tomorrow night yep. at home for the Predators. And right now, that is another virtual toss-up, according yes. to DraftKings. But on the spread, they do have the Predators as the ever-so-slightest favorites. And okay. the game, the game of the night, the game that's going to be must watch if you are a hockey fan. Vegas Gold Knights at the Dallas yes. Stars, a a potential Western Conference Final preview, heavyweight battle, heavyweight battle for sure. They've got the Dallas uh, DraftKings has the Dallas Stars as the favorite between two right teams now. I strongly dislike, but they're very good teams. Very good teams. Avs play the Canucks. Another good matchup. Western Conference. Yeah, Canucks sneaky are, good matchup. Canucks have been a pretty good team this year. So a lot of good matchups to to use our promo code on for the first time tomorrow night, Wednesday night, yeah. if you will. So download the app now and use code THPN. New customers can get 150 bucks instantly in bonus bets for betting just $5 on hockey. That's code THPN only on DraftKings Sportsbook an official sports betting partner of the NHL. The crown is yours. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-78-H-O-P-E-N-Y or text H-O-P-E-N-Y. That's 467-369. In Connecticut, help is available. For problem gambling, call 888 Eight nine seven 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 seven, or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort. 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See 
dkng.com slash hockey for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. NHL and the NHL Shield are registered trademarks of the National Hockey League. Copyright NHL 2023, all rights reserved. All right, that's our DraftKings offer. Plenty to get into. Have a little fun before Thanksgiving and throw down with our promo code and get some free bonus bets on those amazing matchups the day before Thanksgiving. So I'm sure a lot of people are off work tomorrow. I'm sure a lot of people are going to be hanging out with the family, hanging out at the house, doing some Thanksgiving prep work maybe. Throw on one of those great hockey games, including the Preds game tomorrow night. Make well, yourself sure a hockey night. There you go. All right, we are going to – let's preview. I didn't think about this. We can preview that Flames game. The Flame that's a rematch for the Predators, and that yep. was another one of those games not too long ago. We came out of that game thinking Predators should have won that game, but they didn't. This is a this is a big the, the Predators I don't have to say this for them to think this, but they need to be playing with the chip on their shoulder right now and I think they are. Jeremy Lazan yeah. said it said had a really good quote saying that they want to get back to being the team that's just a pain in the you-know-what to play against. He literally said, I want to play like a prick. Yeah. Which, <laughs> I mean, that's some very interesting terminology. But, yeah, I mean, exactly. So, this, this feels I, – I hate to be way too optimistic right now, but I kind of feel like the Predators are going to really take it to the Flames tomorrow night. I hope I'm not jinxing this team but I really feel like they're going to take it to the Flames. I, I don't know about taking them as maybe as far as the scoreboard goes, but I definitely think the Preds are going to come out pretty angry because, you know, they were up for a while in that game in Calgary, but at least from, you know, when I, the way I watched the game, it didn't feel like they had played that well all the rest of that whole night and in that third period in that game. It kind of all unraveled. So I definitely, I definitely think they're going to remember that, you know, as part of their – that was part of their – big you know losing streak on the road trip that they had so you know, i'm sure you know that's obviously yeah. fresh in their minds so you know i def- i definitely think you're going to see a if nothing else a very motivated preds team coming out tomorrow night to try and you know make things really tough for the flames so i i you know i don't know i don't know how much you know we're going to w- how much we're going to win if we do but i do think i i would predict the preds to win the game tomorrow night i think i think they're starting to find a little more you know Especially, especially after a game like Monday night, that certainly builds a lot of confidence going forward. If you can beat a team like the Avalanche, and just it may also build that confidence when you know over the course of the game, you know they, they look like they're going to lose, but then when you get rewarded like that, that can kind of you know springboard build that confidence. Saying, yeah, we we got rewarded for what we did. Let's we have more confidence to build in it now. So I, I I do I don't know if it'll be a blowout. I'm going to say the I'm going to say the Preds win tomorrow night four to two. I would love that. Yeah. That, that I'll take that. So if we go back, that that first game with the Flames is a little over two weeks ago, and the Predators were up 2-0 in this game. Two first-period goals in that game. Michael McCarron scored. Kiefer Sherwood scored. So that's that's one of the rare games yeah. where, Phil, where Phil Forsberg or Ryan O'Reilly did not find the score sheet. And not only that, but two of the players you least expect to score. Maybe not Sherwood. Sherwood's been playing – Long nah, Sherwood, Sherwood's Sherwood's graduated to the next level where yeah. when he scores, it's not that big of a shot. Not that McCarron definitely is not expected though. But yeah, so looking at that game there, they just they got very 
lackadaisical. They got um, – yes. let me go back and look at that. If I remember correctly, that was the game where the Predators just couldn't get a lot of shots on goal. Yeah, 18 shots on goal. Couldn't do much of anything the whole night. 0 for 2 yeah, on the, the power Preds, play, the only 18 yeah, I think shots. Your, your word lackadaisical was the right way to describe the, how they played that night. They were not sharp they, at they all. Gave, they surrendered 39 shots on goal, which is yeah. a – complete far cry from what they just managed to accomplish against a much better avalanche team yeah. last night. So it just goes to show you, you never know what's going to happen game in and game out. And so you, yeah. you would like to think that the predators are really starting to figure things out right now because they just go up against the avalanche last night and have a very good, strong defensive game. Maybe one of their best team defensive games they've had all year. Uh, I mean, absolutely. I really feel that way. Especially and, five on five. They only gave up only one. The first goal they gave up was a shorthanded goal. Then the third goal was a power play. They gave up one goal at five on mm-hmm. five. And it was really only one. And that was like, I think the only true onslaught the Avs had that whole game. And yeah, the Preds were really sharp five on five. And, and they've really been sharp all year playing five on five defense, if we're being honest. Yeah. So you go back and look at that Flames game. You're not going to beat a whole lot. You're not going to beat almost anybody. Even the, I know it's low hanging fruit, but you're not going to even beat the San Jose Sharks if you get outshot 39 to 18. No, it's not going to happen. That was actually one of those games where Soros should have gotten the win. He got robbed of a win. He played very, very well that game. Yep. So let's put it all together here. Let's get some revenge. Let's, you know what you did wrong in that game. You've got some game tape to go off of. I'm sure Brunette's all on top of that game film and what went on in that game, what, what did them wrong? Let's correct those mistakes. Let, let's, let's really right the wrongs that we had in that game. And I strongly, and I just, I just feel this way. I strongly feel like the Predators are a much better team than the Flames are. And if they even play 75% of the way they played, obviously I need them to play 100%, but even if they play 75% of what they played last night against the Az, they should be able to beat a team like the Flames. Yeah. yeah. At, at least at this point in the year, I don't know if I would say they're much better. I will say I do believe they have a lot They have a lot more potential to go than a team like the Flames because the Flames are a team that seems like they're unraveling with how all their players have wanted out. Jonathan Huberto contract has not worked out for them at all. And I believe... And I believe it was in that game against the Preds where Huberto was literally benched for that entire third period, yeah, $10 million dollars a year, sitting on the bench. Yeah. Flames are sitting at 7-8-3 and three on the season with 17 points. Of course, the Predators are at 7-10-0 and 0 with 14 points. So, I mean, here's, a, here's another th- crazy thing. The Predators are not even getting – in some of these games where we feel like they did play well enough to win – they're not even getting into overtime and at least getting salvaging a point. That's really hurting them as well. Yeah. If you just just think about it, if they could get if two or three of these games they lost, they could have at least got it to overtime. They would be if you look at where they're at the standings right now in the central. If they could just man, if they could have managed a couple more overtime points, they'd be like right there, right in the middle of the division with Arizona, St. Louis, and Winnipeg. So it's really hurting them that they're losing these games that they're losing in regulation. And that's where you're seeing, you know, Saros not being at his best is really hurting the team as well as the penalty kill not being well. And that, again, both of those things are, you know, masking the fact that the Preds overall this year at five on five defense have been playing pretty well. But those two things are hurting them. And, they, and again, Saros not being on top of his game is a reason why the Preds aren't in, 
getting any of these games into overtime. For sure. Definitely. All right. So let's get to um, – we've done this in the past, uh, uh, Max, and we're going to do it again here. This is a fun segment here. It's called True or False, all right? All right. So let me start with one on Philip Forsberg. True or false, Philip Forsberg will surpass his 84-point season of 21-22. He'll beat it this year. He'll best it. He will I'm gonna get say more than, I'm going to say he's true. Gonna get more, he's going to get more than 84 I'm going to say true. I'm going to say I'm, I'm – provided – and this is – I guess this might be a little bit of a tall order let's given put his an history. Asterisk, let's put an asterisk on it. If he gets injured – Yeah, that, that's that what I was going to say. But honestly, with the way, because like I, I expect a team, a team like the Preds, you know, as soon as they they find more footing experience, especially with the young guys, I, I very much look at the Preds as a team that's only can really only get better as the year goes on, and as they get better, a guy like Forsberg is only going to get better. So I, I, I am going to go with, I'm going to say true. I do think he will surpass that. All right, let me give you my answer first. Mike Twitter's chiming in from YouTube here. He says the last Flame Games was a watch along episode. Yep, I remember now. <laughs> I tried to erase that from my memories. I was so sad. That was the game where that was a late start, late puck drop, yep. and we're on the East Coast here. So, I mean, we were pushing midnight, and me and Rich were like, "All right, you know what? We're signing off. We're gonna protect. We're gonna predict that the Predators win this in overtime." That was me and oh, Rich's. Man. Our, we ended up being dead wrong. Dead Luckily, wrong. I have a little bit easy over here. I'm in Nashville Central time, so that was over around like ten thirty my time, which is a lot easier. Hour. All right, Mike Twitter says false on. He doesn't think Forsberg. So if Forsberg misses a handful of games, like maintenance games, I think that still counts. But let's say Forsberg stays healthy. I think that it's going to be really close. I mean, I expect most people to say false for that, honestly. Yes, I I really admire your courage to go with that. I love it. Um, And the way he's playing right now, he could definitely do it. I'm going. I'm going to say false, but he's going to come up okay. just short. All right, it's probably that's probably the take most people are going to go with. Honestly, I think he's going to come up just short. Um, I could see him definitely finishing 80 plus, maybe even around 80 points. I do think he's going to probably have some maintenance days where he misses a few games here and there. Um, hopefully, nothing long term, but maybe a day to day situation might happen at some point for Forsberg. I mean, it's normal for players to go through this. Um, I think he's going to finish right around 80 points, but he's not going to beat 84 points. So I'm going to say false. Let's go to Soros here. True or false, UC Soros will salvage his season and, and, and kind of finish like back closer to his career numbers. I'm going to say true. I'm still going to hold pretty confident on Soros. As I said, beginning of the episode, he's a notorious slow starter, always – you know, because literally last year is a perfect example. November, we're here talking about what's going on. Do we need to start splitting these starts with Lincoln in a little more in Lincoln's favor? Then two months later in January, we're talking about, oh, my God, is he going to win the Vezina? He made a – remember last year, beginning of January, he had a 63-save game against Carolina, and that was seemingly the peak. So I, I, I'm going to be a little more – I'm going to say, yeah, and I'm going to say a little more comp- – Actually, a lot more confidently. I do think Soros is going to get back to his usual form again. Like I say, I'm not going to worry about Soros right now. And and it's going to be until, I would say, about mid-December. Where if he's still playing this poorly, then I'll really start to kind of freak out a little bit more. There you go. 
I'm going to say I'm going to say true as well. I think Soros is already proven there's there throughout this throughout his early part of his career that he is a world-class elite goaltender and he's just going through one of those ruts that happens to every goaltender. Absolutely. And that gives me even more hope that the the Predators are going to be be in good hands later on in the season. They're going to get better and better. Yes. And, uh, they're once they get Soros back to his elite form, they're not going to have to necessarily score four or five goals a game, three or four goals a game. They're going right. to win some of these. They're going to start winning some of these games thanks to Soros holding the opposition to two goals or less. Yep. We're gonna, they're going to start getting some of those wins. I that, And then suddenly you're going to see the Predators get some of these winning streaks. They're going to win three or four in a row because Soros is going to be clicking. The power plays should start getting better and better and better. It's just all these things hopefully can come together at once around the all-star break, maybe. And the Predators can tread water just long enough to remain in that playoff hunt. And then we'll see what happens from there, which I feel like we go through that every year with this franchise. Yep. But it feels different this year. It feels it's different. way different this year. Again, you got a new coach, sa- new GM. Every it, it's it's not the new, same state. New, it's new not- lineup, basically. You got all yeah. these. We're getting the youth movement every, pretty much everyone wanted. Besides a few players here and there, you got obviously Yossi, then but Ryan O'Reilly. Ryan O'Reilly has been a great addition to the squad so far, and he's great for for a, where a team like the Preds is as being a, a mentor for these guys. And a lot of people can't say enough about Ryan O'Reilly. For sure. So that gives me hope. So I'm going true as well. Um, yep. Let's go to our last one here. All right, upcoming homestand, Max. Yep. Our upcoming home games here because they're on they're on nine they're on a stretch of nine of ten games. And they're in St. Louis this this Friday. They're in St. Louis. Yes. So not they're in a stretch of nine of ten games at home. They lost to Arizona. They lost to Anaheim. Oh, another game where they blew two O leads. Yeah. So just think if they could have not blown those two leads, they'd be on a four game winning streak. Twice against Arizona. Yes. So and then they've lost. They've won their last two against Chicago and Colorado. So they're two two and zero on this long. Home stand right now, home stretch. Yep. So yes, they, they got Calgary coming up. Then they then they go to St. Louis. Then they get three games at home: Winnipeg, Pittsburgh, Minnesota. Yeah. All right. Let, I'm going to ask you true or false. Over the next five games, including the road game at St. Louis, the Predators go three, two, and zero. Oh. Trying to think here. Um. I, I would I certainly think we're gonna win two of them. A third, I think we're gonna beat Calgary tomorrow. And then you know I'm gonna say I'm gonna say true. I think they're gonna get the third win. I I, I think they're gonna do it. All right. So yeah. a lot of a lot of positivity and optimism coming from Max Greenberg right now. In this segment. So you see it down there below, true or false. We just ran through it. Let me answer mine real quick. All right, true or false. Uh, the next five uh, games for the uh, Preds, at home against Calgary, on the road at St. Louis, at home against Winnipeg, at home against Pittsburgh, at home against Minnesota. I'm going to do it even better for you, Max. Do it even better for you. All I'm right. going to say true. They're going to go. They're going to win four of their next five. All right. Four yeah. of their next five. They're going to win four of their next five. I got them losing at home 
to Winnipeg. I think Winnipeg's kind of their kryptonite for some reason. I just, I guess, I don't, I don't ever, I don't ever feel good when they play Winnipeg. Kyle Connor just, Kyle Connor might be the new Leon Dreisaitl for me. I mean, that dude just scares the crap out of me every time I got to see Kyle Connor skating at UC Soros. I just see the puck going in the back of the net. So I'll say if if I'm calling them four one and zero in the next five, I'm going. They're definitely beating Calgary. I'm calling my shot. It might be tough, but I got them beating St. Louis. I don't trust St. Louis. They're playing okay right now, but I don't trust St. Louis. They're going to lose to Winnipeg. Pittsburgh doesn't wow me at all. They're not the same yeah. Pittsburgh they used to no. be. And Minnesota is, is really they, playing. As I was going to say, I, I guess like I guess when you look at those teams, the the best team is Winnipeg, who's third in the Central, and I wouldn't think they'd be. And I think that, and I honestly think that's a team that's outperforming expectations. So. Yeah, I mean, I, I guess, the, I guess the, you goal, really, the, I guess the caliber of team the Preds are playing in these next few games is not all that great. There's nothing that stellar. There's nothing that scares you. Now, obviously, anyone can beat anyone on any given night. It's the NHL, but I'm just going on paper. A lot of favorable matchups coming up here. A lot of favorable mm-hmm. matchups. So I'm going four one and zero. So I'm saying true. That's our true or false segment. Well, Philip Forsberg beat his career a high of 84 points. Max says true. I say false. Will UC Soros return back to his career form? That one's the one where I'm like, I I think it's going to happen. Max is very, very confident in true. I'm also, I'm not as confident as Max, but I did say true as well. And then we both think that the Predators will go at least 3-2-0 in the next five. I actually got the Predators going 4-1-0. Right. So a lot of positivity going on here Absolutely. in episode two and nine. That'll do it for you when you beat a team like the Avalanche yeah, sure in will. thrilling fashion, like we just saw on uh, on Monday night. All right, we got to get to one more sponsor real quick, and then we're gonna wrap up episode two hundred nine with my guest co-host Max Greenberg. All right, so we've told you about Raycon and all of their amazing tech supplies, their earbuds their speakers, their water filtration systems. They have so many outstanding products, and it is that time of year where you got to start thinking about your Christmas list. you got to start thinking about what you're getting. All those relatives, those long-distance relatives, you don't know what to get them for Christmas. Well, we've got something for you here. So, yeah, the, 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 the holiday season is so chaotic. And so why not go for an, a really uh, outstanding product like Raycon? It may be too early to start decorating for the holidays, but it's never too early to start your holiday shopping. Why not take care of it now before the crowds and packed calendars make shopping a total nightmare, especially when you can get some of the best deals of the season well before Black Friday. Black Friday is coming up right now, though, so you better yeah. hurry. <laughs> you can shop Raycon products right now and save up to 50% off because they're early Black Friday sale is going on now. You've heard me talk about Raycon's products before. Some of their best integrations are, of course, their wireless speakers that you take can take anywhere you go. And, of course, their water filtration system is one of the top products out there. So Raycon first made a name for themselves in the audio space with products like their everyday earbuds, known for delivering high-quality and thoughtful features like a 32-hour battery life and a perfect in-ear fit for all-day wear and lasting comfort. And this past year, they expanded their entire business with the introduction of Raycon Home and Raycon PowerTech. So both of these products are amazing. They're five-star reviewed. 
Magic 180 cable allows you to charge iOS, micro USB, and Type-C devices eight times faster with 100-watt power delivery. We're always trying to charge stuff in this world, Max. We're always trying to charge our phone, our, our headphones, our this and that. Like Everything always has to get charged. So this Absolutely. is an amazing product with Raycon right there. And their faucet filter, ultra filler filters the water in your tap against chlorine and heavy metals. None of that stuff I want to drink and have in my water. It's a must-have for ensuring the water you use to wash your face and brush your teeth is, you know, actually clean. Raycon is known for delivering high-quality and thoughtful features at half the price of other premium tech brands. It's no wonder their products have racked up tens of thousands of five-star reviews. To get everyone in the holiday shopping spirit a bit early, Raycon is currently offering 20% off everything on their site. Everything. With select products up to 50% off. So go get your holiday shopping done right now on Raycon. So beat the crowds and save now. Trust me, you do not want to miss out on Raycon's early Black Friday sale. Hurry up now to buy Raycon.com slash THPN to get 20 to 50% off site-wide. That's buyraycon.com slash THPN to score up to 50% off Raycon products. Buyraycon.com slash THPN. All right, we are going to wrap up episode 209 with my outstanding guest co-host, Max Greenberg, with our hottest take. Told I Max that we were going to... I told yep. Max to come up with a take, a yep. good, a good spicy take for the Preds to wrap up 209. But let me, I'll give mine first. Okay. And then we'll go to Max's. All right. All here right. is my take. And I, I've already touched on this. I think it was the last episode, but I, I, I lightly touched on it. I didn't really go into it deeply. The Predators are going to trade one of their big three goalies at the 2024 trade deadline. I can see it. It's probably it's probably not going to be Soros. They seem pretty heavily so. invested in Soros. And I don't and I don't blame them for that to be totally honest. But if you don't trade Soros, I think at that point I think you trade Lincoln and obviously it's going to depend on where you're at in the standings, but and it, it's going to depend on how Iroslav Askarov's playing in Milwaukee if you can trust but I want to get Iskarov up to the NHL as soon as possible. I really do. He's clearly shown he's ready. He's already made his NHL debut. You got to start figuring out if he is going to be ready to take the mantle from Soros if Soros isn't re-signed because next year is the last year of his current contract, and then he's going to get a massive pay increase. So there's a lot of touch and go going on right now. There's a lot – of moving parts. It's probably not going to be Kevin Lankinen that's going to be here long term. But what if, what if you actually did trade UC Soros? Got and it got a just Crazy King's ra- you got a King, King's ransom for Soros at the deadline 2024. And then you you roll with Lankinen, who has played well enough to be a starter. Yeah, absolutely. You roll with Lankinen. And then your goalie, your you move forward with Lincoln in, who's going to be cheaper than Soros moving forward. Yes, and you bring his scar off up as the backup to Lincoln in for a short term, and then eventually, a scar off becomes your franchise goalie, and you move on from Soros. That would be a very, very bold decision by the front office to yep. make. 
I don't think they're going to do it. I don't, I don't my, think they would either. But my Preds hot take is that one of those three will be traded. It, it could be a scar off. We've already heard the rumors about the Edmonton Oilers being in the market for a goalie desperately right now. Um, I, it, the easiest way, the easiest bet is that they trade Lankinen at the deadline because he, he would get he would get a decent return as well. Yeah, for a, for that for a team that's desperate for a goalie. But um, what do you think about that? Matt? Yeah, you know, as far as, you know, this isn't and this, what I'm about to say is not was not the hot take I was going to bring up. But I seem to be one of the only ones in this fan base on Twitter, wherever it is, who's not against the idea of training a scar off. Like, and I get, you know, he's one of the better goalie prospects we've seen. You don't want to trade a guy like that. But if you know you have sorrows and you have that stability and goal, that, that alone is hard to find if you. I'm and so it's not like Saros is old at all. Like, what's he like now? 27, 28, or something like that. I forgot exactly, but he's around that ballpark of age. And it's not like he's just gonna fall off the face of the earth anytime soon. Like he'll still be he'll still have plenty of years left to play, and I'm sure he'll still be a very good goaltender by the time the predators are actual contenders again, or should be. So I am again, you know, I pretty much nobody in the fan base agrees with me, but I would be if you decide that Saros is a guy you want as your long, long-term guy, then I'm okay trading a scar because you're probably still going to get a lot of picks for him if pe- if he's still as good as – if he, people still think he's as good as he was hyped up to be. Yeah. Uh, and and you got to think about it this way too, just thinking long-term. You go into – got a lot of comments I want to get to as well before we yeah. close out episode 209. But – um you got to think about it this way, too. If everything goes according to plan, you go into next season, you're definitely calling a Skarov up. If you still have Soros at that point, well, then, you know, then a Skarov backs up Soros. But then you had, then you, you could trade Soros next year. But how many teams are going to want Soros knowing that he's about to go into a contract year? Right. And knowing, and then knowing the Preds have to do something. Saros's biggest value is never going to be higher than at this 2024 deadline. No, His value is probably going to drop at the 2025 deadline because yeah. there's there's going to be a your 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 uh, market's going to drop. You're not going to have as many teams who are going to be able to afford to take on a UC Saros at that point because you're getting him as a rental at that point. Literally a one year rent. Uh, a, you might be getting him as a rental for your playoff run, which can still get the Predators a very large haul as well. So there, there is that option that you could pass the 2024 deadline. You keep Soros, obviously. You take Askarov into the 2024-2025 season. That's your goalie combination, your duo, your one-two punch for next season. Lankinen's out of the picture at that point. And then then you have to make a decision on what to do with yes. either one of those goalies. And that's what I'm tra- saying is like then teams will know the Preds have to do something then and there no matter and what. You, and you can wait to trade a scar off until that year, until right. that deadline. So it really comes down to how long do they want to wait to do this. I think you got to trade Lankin in at the 2020. He's playing too well. I think there's too yeah. many teams who would love to have him. And you know he's not coming back after this year. He's not coming back. No. So you might as well trade him. So most likely – it's Lankin in that gets traded, but that is my take, my Preds take. Yeah. One of those three is getting traded. The Preds yeah. are trading a goalie at the 2024 deadline. Yeah. All right. My hot take is, and I thought this in the episode, and if I would have said this a year ago, even nine months ago, I probably would have been like, I probably would have been grilled for it. 
But Dante Fabro is going to get a multi-year contract extension at the end of this year. Wait, say that again. Dante Fabro is going to get a multi-year contract extension after this year. I like that. I didn't even think about that at all where you're going with that, but that's that's a good take. No, and, I and think you know that- what? And, and I love that you bring that up because, and I want you to expand on this. I think me and you have talked about it before on like pred lines and stuff in our writing, but Dante Fabro was going into this season under an immense amount of pressure. Yeah, absolutely. And all the rumors had been for years that he's going to get traded. He hasn't lived up to expectations. This isn't that, but this year has been his best year of his most consistent year of hockey so far. He, a lot of people's biggest knock on him was that he would always make stupid mistakes. He would, and all the mistakes he would make would get the puck. The puck would be in the back of the net. But this year, he's just been a steady defensive presence. He really hasn't. He hasn't made hardly, any, at least not that I've seen, hardly made any you know real mistakes. And you know he again, he's just been super solid. And again, he's we've seen before. He's he's a decent player because he was alongside Yossi on the same pairing the year that Yossi got his ninety six points, and this year. He's on top pairing again. He's earned a spawn the top pairing. For sure. And I think, and you know, I think it's kind of coming together. Maybe call him a late bloomer, call it what it is, but it seems like this year he's starting to put it together. You know, I wasn't I wasn't too high on him, and I don't think a lot of people were going he to be honest, he Dante Fabro has been a very controversial figure in Nashville um over the since he started playing. But I think you know, this has been by far his most consistent year. And I and I think after this year, I think he's going to get an extension. You're saying in the off season or before the off season? Either it could way. be he, he he's still still a restricted free agent after this year, right? Restricted free agent at the end of the at the off. Yeah, season. I would say I think. Let me see here. Um, he's 25 right now. Yeah, he's yeah he's still going to be restricted. Yeah, so whether I guess whether that's you know I, I guess you know you never I guess maybe probably probably wait till the off season. I think you want to see him put at least a full year of consistency before you commit to him long term. But provided he keeps this up. I think he's going to get locked up for a few more years. Well, here's some things I have on Dante Fabro to that regard that that makes me just so impressed with what he's done. He's gone from being a player who was on the top of everyone's trade board at the last yeah. deadline, and he didn't end up getting traded. Like the Predators traded traded a bunch of guys, but they did not trade Fabro, which was yeah. pretty surprising in the, in the moment. They and then he comes back or whatever, and then we're all thinking, okay, going into training camp, we're all thinking. Is he even going to be in the starting lineup? Right. He was. He was not in the first game of the year. He was not in the lineup. Exactly, because you had Luke Shen. Luke Shen threw right. everything off. No one knew what to think about the Preds decor after they right. went out and got Luke Shen. And so ever since Luke Shen's been out, which has been every game except for the first game, Dante Fabro has just lived up to the pressure. And you watch his play. You cannot discount how solid of a defender he is in his own right. zone. Absolutely. I mean, and he hits hard. He doesn't get enough credit yeah. for being a hard hitter. He is a really hard checker. He's a great poke checker. He's great at, at uh, altering shots, getting in shot lanes. He's a great skilled passer. He's really good at getting out of the zone. He does make some gas here and there that our old friend Kyle Perkins, old co-host of the show, used to always just get on Dante Fabro for – Having those, he hasn't Kyle. had as many of them. Yeah, I'd love yeah, for Kyle to be listening to this right now, hearing what I'm saying that he's, he's going to get an extension. But he's cleaned up a lot of those mistakes. Yeah, Fabro has absolutely. This year. 
Absolutely. I can't, really, I can't really think of any really bad glaring mistakes that Fabro's made this no. year. Maybe one. Not to mention, too, one. he's got two goals and three assists. So it's not like he's putting a zero on the offensive side of things and, either. Have you seen his shot, his one-timer? Yeah. Yeah, he had he's a start- great one-timer in the game against Arizona. He's starting to look like the second coming of Roman Yossi out here or Shea Weber. Which is, I'm being dead serious. His one-timer is on point. Yeah, yeah absolutely. No, he's – no, Dante Fabro has been pretty – it's been fairly consistent from every point this year. And, I, again, it's one of those things where it finally feels like it's really coming together. And I think – I really think that last year when he got um, extended as supposed to trade, it felt like from then on it kind of turned for him as far as, you know – I, I think from that point on, he really started to get better, and he hasn't looked back since. Yeah. So we got we got uh, Justin Gambino and Mike Twitter, our friends in the comments here, kind of talking about our true or false segment, um, asking about the really good one there about true or false. Forsberg will beat his eighty four point um, career high that he set in twenty twenty one twenty two. That was that, se- that wild season where Yossi yeah. went for almost a hundred points and Duchesne. And Forsberg were trading goals left and right. Both up 40. Uh, that never happened before in Preds history. But Justin Gambino seems to be on our on your side, Max, that he thinks right. that Forsberg can beat his 84 point season like career high. And he really credits Ryan O'Reilly for that. Oh, absolutely. And just think if they, like I keep saying, if they put Yuso Parson in back on that line, you never know what could happen again. And your guy Dante Fabro is only six points away from his season totals of last year. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> true, truly, it, it, it honestly feels like a finally a breakout year for Fabro. I would love it, and, and like I said, I, I I I respect the guy so much, and he I do think he's worked he's on his offensive ton. game, the shot all looks the, all all the noise, everything. He stayed with it. I like him being on the top pairing, and I really got to give the coaching staff a ton of credit for ad- identifying that pairing and making that decision and sticking with it. Yes, absolutely. They haven't, they haven't gone away with what works. I love okay. that. How many times would John Hines just like oh go my. away for, go away from something that works? No, and uh, you know, not you know, again, like, and I and I, when I, I will say again, you know, I hope, I hope that Luke Shen coming back does not throw things off because I. I, I'm you worried I about both, that too. You I'm and I both feel strong that too, that Fabro has earned earned that first pair. He absolutely sure. has. Oh my gosh! If, if if Luke Shin comes back in the lineup and they put Luke Shin on the top pairing with Roman Yossi, I will not be happy. I, I will write. Yeah, I I I I'll have some words. I'll have some words about that one. I, I certainly will. No, I think you put Luke Shin on the bottom pairing and see how it goes. If you. If, you and I are going to disagree. I don't even know that you put him back in the lineup, to be totally yeah, honest. Mean, well, then you trade him. I don't know. Did they sign him as a defenseman? Like I, like, I honestly think that, you know, even for the penalty kill, like Carrier has played well enough defensively to be on the penalty kill. Even, I mean, I wouldn't put him on the penalty kill, but Tyson Berry's look pretty good in his own end. I, I don't. I'm not. I'm not so convinced that you got to put Luke Shen back in the lineup. I'm really I not. I think you're right. I think you're right. And then you've already seen Spencer Statsny get in the lineup and look pretty. Yeah. Good. Oh my God. I forgot about him. Like, what do you? What are you going to do with all these decisions? And you've seen Mark Del Gaizo in there and, yeah. and look pretty good. So yeah, I don't know what the hell happens with Luke Shen. Yeah, I don't either. That's crazy, man. It's almost like the Predators just went out and bought a player for one game. Yeah, it literally seems like they bought they. Paid for a seventh defenseman. 
But unfortunately, didn't they get Luke Shin for like three years? They signed him yeah, for like again, three that, years. Yeah, that was the and that was the one contract in the offseason that I really I am, not like. I am on full record. I have receipts. I have receipts on this podcast when it happened. I did not. I was so baffled by the signing that, of Luke. That Shin. was the one. Now, that was the one where I was like, "What?" I obviously didn't predict that he would get hurt in the first game, and it sucks that oh, that man. happened. I, I didn't think it made sense because I just thought the Predators had plenty of defensive options and they didn't need to add Luke Shin. I didn't and see I certainly that as a wouldn't pay much for a seventh defenseman. I already knew that I already knew that Spencer Statsny had played. He had already been in yep. and looked good. I didn't know about Mark Del Geizo now. I didn't and expect Stasny that. Statsny can skate. Statsny's can... a great skater. We still haven't even seen Jordan Gross this year, who was in got didn't some they line put of they may have. I don't know, man. I, thought, I don't. I honestly, I honestly would be lying if I said I remember what happened with him, or if I even, if I even remembered if he was on this team or not. If, if I'm again being very honest, there. Uh, Luke Shen. Let me find him here. He is. Um, he signed for three years, man. Yeah, I don't. I don't they know. went out. And, they went out and signed signed a 34 year old defenseman for three years, and he's played yeah. one game. Two point seven five yeah, million. Even, I don't know. I don't know, man. And there's going to be no trade market for him. None. No None. one's going to take. No one's going to take None. Luke Shin. Absolutely not. They're stuck with him. They're stuck with a yes. two point seven five million player. Although I, I will either... say, you know, Tyson Berry does come off the books this year, and that's will probably make things a little easier. Maybe they trade Berry at the deadline and make and free up a little room there. But yeah, no, Luke, Luke Shen right now seems seems like a nothing, and there's nothing they can do about it. Justin Gambino says trade him for future considerations. I don't even know if I would do that, honestly. I I, I literally think he might really be untradeable. And, and a bucket of pucks. Hey, pucks. I mean, everything costs more these days, so maybe Absolutely. a bucket of pucks would be worth it. Yeah, but you know that was the one. They are. That was like the one move in the offseason where I'm it. like, I don't know, Barry. I don't know. They're 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 stuck with Luke Shen, and it's I, like yeah. I said, I'm. I, I'm not happy about how he got hurt, but or anything like that. I would love to have no, seen him play. He's got the he's got the Stanley Cup pedigree. I get all of that, yeah. but you you can't justify him taking a roster spot or a starting position right now from anyone who's played on the defense. The only the only argument you can make for putting Luke Shen in the lineup right now, and we'll say this is, I do think UC Soros needs all the help he can get with with bona fide yeah. defenders yeah. and veterans, and I do Luke Shen's gonna lay the body out there. He's going to get a lot of hits. He's going to make things difficult for the opponent. He's going to be much better on the penalty kill possibly, but the, is that enough to steal a starting spot away from a Alexander Carrier or a Jeremy Lazan? I mean, or Spencer Statsny? I mean, that's, that's the issue you're and facing I, right now. And I think a clear argument, you know, maybe even against Luke Shen is, you know, so much of Brunette's system is speed and playing that 200-foot game effectively. You know, it's part of the reason, you know, the Preds have been good as they've been at 5-on-5 five five defense because they've been able to skate down the ice and eliminate chances. But Luke Shen's a bigger guy. He's not nearly as fast. Is he going to be able to keep pace in a system like Brunette's? I don't, I don't well, know. They, well, they should have known that when they signed him. Though. Yeah, it, exactly. Sense. Yeah, I don't know. that that You really sparked something that I – can't get out of my mind right now is what is the defensive lineup going to look like when Luke Shin is ready to play? Because you still, you, you, we know Ryan McDonough's going to be back in there. Oh yeah, 100%. so that so that completely takes out Spencer Statsny probably yeah, right. I mean, so, unless you put him in for Jeremy Lozon, which I would not hate, although I could not see happening. 
Well, if you look at if you look at the defenseman, Ryan McDonough is a left defenseman, left shot defenseman. Yep. So Spencer Stassi is a left shot defenseman. So you swap those out. But then if you have to throw Luke Shen back in there as well, I mean, that's who where you, it gets just Yeah, who do you I I, I can't I wouldn't take it, out I feel really and that's bad why about you're like forced to trading Barry at the deadline to or you can't resign. You can't justify resigning Barry. There's no way. It, it would probably. It would probably be if, if Luke Shin comes back into the lineup. It's going to be Jeremy Lazan who comes out. I'm not but saying like, I like that. I'm I not saying I like I, that. I still but... don't know because like you got Fabro who's on the right side, Carey is on the right side, and Barry's on the right side. Unless is Shen one of those guys who can play on the left or right side? I honestly don't you know. Can't, you can't lose Carrier. You cannot take Carrier out. He's got. I don't think so either. He's got he's got offensive upside. I think yep. swapping out Shin and Lazan is an even trade off because they both had similar styles. But again, like you, they both. But like then you got Barry and Shen, both right handed defensemen. How's that? How's that work? Well, Lazan is. Yeah, I mean they're gonna have to figure some things out. I don't know. Yeah, we'll, we'll have to wait and see. <laughs> yeah. You're right. It, I mean, it, it's, 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 it's 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 what they call a cluster, and I won't. Say it is a cluster, and that's going to be a hard decision for Andrew Brunette to make. He just again, that's just enough. Like I said at the beginning of the episode, he has some hard decisions to make on who's going to be in this lineup night in and night out. It might be you might be right, man. It might be Carrier that that's lost if Shen goes or in. like or like I think my I guess the biggest thing I say it, it all but forces them to trade Barry at the deadline or at the very least not resign him after this year. The, I, the only way I see them trading Barry is if they're way out of the playoff hunt and the season's pretty much like definitely done for. Yeah, man. It's, yeah, I, I don't know. I don't We're know. In I, I, We're in for a lot. I really, I really wish I had a definite answer at this point in time, but. Well, we left our Catfish and Ice listeners plenty to chew on going into yeah. Thanksgiving, no pun intended. <laughs> So we hope everyone has an awesome Thanksgiving. If you're listening uh, on this beautiful Wednesday, the next day, then you've got one more day before Turkey Day. We thank you for listening to the podcast on all of the podcast platforms. Give us a shout on YouTube. Watch our live episodes. You can subscribe to our YouTube channel, or you can follow us on X at Catfish Ice. This has been Chad Mitten, your host, with our outstanding guest co-host tonight, Max Greenberg. Thanks, man, for joining the show, dude. You've been awesome. We went on a we went we went on a lot of tangents, but tangents are fun sometimes. They're great. They are. They're really good. Throw all the show notes out the window, and you just go on tangents. That's what sports. No, that's one that makes it best when you can have the genuine conversations on air. This has been this has been water. This has been this has been water cooler talk tonight. This has been water cooler talk. Sitting at the water cooler. All right, my Twitter's saying so long here. Happy Thanksgiving. See you on the next show. We will hopefully be back next week. We'll get Rich Howe back on the show next week when the schedules get a little bit more normal. Until then, everybody, enjoy your Thanksgiving. Thanks for listening. This has been Episode 209 of Catfish and I, brought to you by DraftKings and Raycon, part of the Hockey Podcast Network. Stay safe, everybody. See you guys later.